Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Satnam, beautiful souls. Happy Wednesday. I'm so, so glad that you're here today. We're talking about really, really deep, raw, and vulnerable journey with Shraddha Patel from Chai Mamas. We're talking all about pressing the reset button after grief and loss. You know, the whole journey of loving others and life and to have this truly remarkable, soulful, happy experience also means that we experience loss, pain, grief, trauma. And many of you may know Shraddha as part of the Chai Mamas crew. She is so inspiring, so uplifting, and so positive. And I've been so honored to become friends with her, not only just through IG, but just off IG. And when I heard her story about what she endured, what she went through, and the pain that she's gone through, for a moment, it's like, I can't believe you went through that because knowing you today and how empowering and supportive and inspiring you are and the mission that she's on, you would never know that she went through that. And so I wanted to take an opportunity for you to hear her story because it's so moving to see how she's used her pain and not get stuck in the story of being a victim, but using it to heal, to empower herself, to feel the pain, but also to help and transform others, to use her voice, use her platform, use her life to inspire, to educate, and not ever slow down in living a life that she's truly joyful and radiantly happy with. So just a little bit about Shraddha. She's the executive director at Chai Mamas, a full-time HR executive recruiter, a mama to two boys and wife. After suffering many losses, including a marriage, failed pregnancies, and the death of her twin baby boy, she has found healing and joy through her writing, meditation, journaling, and truly connecting with other women through their stories. She's currently writing a book with the Chai Mamas team on motherhood and is excited for the future with one goal in mind, to uplift South Asian women in a safe, lighthearted community. All right, so at this moment, I want you to grab a cha, a box of tissues, pop in your ear pods, and tune into this refreshingly real, soulful, and deep conversation with Shraddha. I promise you, you are going to be moved by it. Shraddha, I am so, so happy that you're here on the Time and Talks podcast. I can't wait to dive into your story. Thank you, Fajal, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So today we're talking about how loss weaves into our journey. So often when we see people who are positive, uplifting, very happy, like I, knowing your story now and seeing who you were, like just getting to know you, I would never have known the journey that you've gone on. But I truly believe that the individuals who can truly appreciate joy, happiness, and have that perspective in being able to see the joy even through challenges really have gone through some difficult things in their life. And so I really wanted to give you the opportunity to share your story with us. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, I don't know where to start. I mean, I feel, and, and one thing right off the bat, I feel like when you experience um, tragedy and you experience loss and loss is so many different things, um, you know, it really makes the joys that much brighter. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's some work 
that we all have to do to get to the point of appreciating really going through those those painful moment, moments, right? So like for me, um, I'm going to rewind it back to even something that includes um, a relationship. You know, I, I went through a divorce um, at a young age. Um, I got married the first time at a young age. And, um, and I went through that breakup feeling like really conflicted, you know, almost like, what do I do at this point? You know, I was almost 30 when I, when I got divorced and most, um, of my friends and everybody around me, they were embarking into motherhood at that time or already were new mothers. And so that was kind of the next thing, right. For me to get into. And here I was now, uh, you know, a divorcee. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but at that time, I think I still hadn't really done enough work to understand even the importance or the the value in having gone through something major like that. I was just mad at the world, to be mm-hmm. honest. I mm-hmm. was sick, and I was very lucky and fortunate to meet my now husband and really the the love of my life. And I I know it's cliche to say, but I really do believe that it all makes sense in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Just come as they are and appreciate all the good, the bad in between. It all it all takes us where we're supposed to go. Um, but I, you know, I think I was still just in a pain, like painful moment where I just couldn't, couldn't see the good. And it took a lot of work, Sejal, to get there. I mean, it started with, um, journaling for me at a young age, um, but really heightening that and getting all my feelings out. You know, I'm a writer, you know, yeah. I, love to talk, I love to connect, but at that time I kind of kept myself in my own little hole, but my outlet was writing. My outlet was like, it wasn't anything more than just getting it out on paper. Um, fast forward to the journey of, of trying to become a mother um, of loss during that time um, in, in that journey. Um, it, it elevated everything. I mean, we've talked about this before, but really, you know, going through ectopic pregnancies, almost Mm -hmm. losing my life, Mm -hmm. um, going through premature births, Mm -hmm. uh, losing life in my arms, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I lost a baby, um, my twin son who is survived, survived, you know, that Jay, his brother Kush, you know, we lost him, you know, we had to lose him, we had to let go. And all of those things, all of those, those those pieces really that surrounded becoming a mother and that journey to become a mother and the aftermath after having such a premature, he was born at 24 weeks. Mm -hmm. But all of those struggles, you know, it really forced me to, to really find the good in everything. I had to, because it, it was such a dark, dark time. And really how I found the light was through meditation, through, um, really, you know, amping up my spirituality Mm -hmm. and really, um, you know, finding peace in the pain, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because without the pain, it's hard to find the joy. I am innately a happy person. I have to say, I, I, and we've talked about this before too. I have two very positive role models. My parents, um, they've shared some of same struggles our immigrant parents share, you know, share. Um, 
but they really taught me the value of finding the good in everything. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult in those dark, dark moments of losing a child mm-hmm. or almost dying yourself. Um, there's always the, why me? Why us? Um, even after we left the NICU 125 days later, <laughs> yeah. there was a struggle to keep him alive, you know? So you have to, I feel the people that go through some of these very acute, painful, kind of like makes you question life, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing to me like losing a child. Um, you know, but some of those experiences really force even the most positive person to really dig deeper to to bring that kind of light back out, if that makes sense. And it took a lot of work to get there. It wasn't just like, okay, you know. For um, sure. There's a choice. In life, there's always a choice, either to use your story to be a victim and to perceive life from that lens. Or like you said, it's not that it happens overnight, but it's the choice of taking your story or what your what tragedy and pain and loss and grief and using it as a catalyst, like you said, to be able to still see light, to feel the pain, but also see light. And what I love about your rawness and vulnerability to share, because you are, you, you share it, you're not, you're open to sharing it. You've transcended so much. Knowing you as a person, I didn't know you in through the phases of when you were going through that, but knowing you as someone on the outside looking in of who you are today, it's so commendable to see how you hold yourself and the radiance that you put put out, the support, the light, the inspiration, the positivity. And I think it makes it that much more meaningful because of the fact that you have experienced pain and you've endured loss and how you move through that. So I just want to take a moment to just commend you for where you are and what you've gone through and how you've come out of it. Well, I'm, I'm in gratitude for that and humbled. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like, you know, even early on after I went through the divorce, um, my own friends would see, you know, kind of a little light in me that maybe I couldn't see myself at that time and would say, Hey, I have this other friend. Would you mind talking to her because she's going through mm-hmm. something similar, right? And I remember feeling like one of those first times like I don't know if I have it in me to do this, but I went for it. And I started talking to women going through similar situations, right? Like in our culture, divorce and 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 all of that. We all know I'll share it again for anybody who doesn't, who's listening. You know, it, it's hard. It's hard to, um, it's hard for everybody. So it's already hard for you as the woman or the the man in the relationship going through it. But then it's like extends into the, the entire family and then the extended family. And then, you know, and I have to go back to my own parents. I mean, they were my rocks through that. But it was, it was kind of really neat that my closest circle of people around me saw that mm-hmm. me to to ask me, even in my dark times, to help their friends or someone they knew it was going through something similar. And when I opened myself up to talking about it, and we talk about this all the time on Chai Mamas, is that through this, this idea of sharing, mm-hmm. there's healing on both ends, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's healing for the person sharing, and there's healing with the person who's receiving that in, not know- in knowing that they're not alone. 
Yes. That is the point of, of all of this is connection and knowing that we are not alone. You know, when I was sitting in the NICU, Sejal, um, with Jay, and it, it was, it was again, darkest times. At this point, we're in December. He's born in November, and I hadn't even held him yet. He was too fragile to be held. And I just have my finger on his, his tiny little back because that's all they would allow. And they thought it was important. You know, it's part of the kangaroo care, even though you can't literally have the baby like chest to chest. It was the idea of they feel you through, Mm -hmm. right? And they know, and that helps them in all their developmental or developing. um, It helps with development basically. And, um, And I remember like thinking, gosh, you know, after endless hours of trying to search for just one person who would give me hope, right? that they have a story similar to this 24 weekers, mm-hmm. um, you know, boys, boys have lower success rates. You know, um, I wanted someone with their stats and, and I just, I couldn't find, I couldn't find that anywhere. Right. And, mm-hmm. and this was back in 2011 where blogging and there was no Instagram and blogging right. was still new. I mean, we had decided to become Chai Mamas a month before I went into preterm labor. I was supposed to, to do, I was due in March. And I did, uh, you know, delivered in November. But anyway, and on Christmas Eve, my husband walks in and I'm sitting there, you know, again in the room with Jay and he just hands me his phone and he's like, look, here's your hope. And it was a, a, a blog and it was called Parenting the Preemie Pope. And it was this beautiful little blog of this mom who was sharing her journey of her son, Samuel Pope, who was born at 24 weeks with the same stats as Jay. He was one pound, nine ounces, and it was a year later, and he was doing really well. They were they were living life, you know? Because in that moment, I didn't think we would get out of that NICU alive. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. Everything was against us. I mean, he had already coded three times by this point. So that was a lot, you know, but that, that moment of just seeing the potential, the hope, mm. that story that this woman, this mom shared so vulnerably, it inspired me. You know, I already knew we were going to do the blog. I knew I was going to share things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to be the twin mom, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all the crazy stuff of being a mom to twins, right? And at that time, there were no South Asian women no. on talking at all. No, no. So I'm going to be that twin Indian mom. Seeing this other mom living in middle America, like somewhere in the Midwest, I forget where. And I think they even moved during that process. But, you know, seeing her story, it inspired me to share more of mine. You mm-hmm. know, over the years on the blog, we've shared so many stories. And, you know, we're, we're working on so many projects right now while we're it, with that that main idea as the forefront of, of those yeah. projects. And it's, it's really about, you know, sharing what you're comfortable with and knowing that in doing so you are healing and you're helping others heal and not feel so alone. And I think, I mean, if we talk specifically, whether when it's something so painful, it could be hard for someone to open up and share. And so if there was a mother who was going through any of the things, whether it's divorce, whether it's NICU baby, whether it's preterm labor and delivery, whether it's the loss of a child, 
what advice could you give them if there was something that you could give, like if it's really hard for them to share or to open up or to be vulnerable, would you be able to share something that would inspire or maybe give them a step towards that healing or that step towards that ability to reach out, to find support, to share their story? Yeah, I mean, it's so personal, right? Because as you mentioned, not everybody, you know, I'm a pretty open person by default. Mm -hmm. Um, so even in those moments where I didn't want to talk to anybody, I knew that eventually that would be part of my journey because mm-hmm. that's who I am. I'm a Sagittarius. I think that it really comes down to finding those little moments that give you hope, mm-hmm. that give you a sense of calm and peace. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's formula is not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's certain tools that can really help. Like journaling is a big release. You know, it doesn't have to be, it can just be words. It can just be feelings. I remember I have notebooks, um, mm-hmm. notebook after notebook of what I wrote in the, in the NICU. I had my mantra, but I also wrote, have pages of just like um, words, like this is so unfair. Like why us? Um, you know, and then on the next page, I've got like, Hope. Do you remember that story I shared with you about a really horrible day and then walking into the NICU bathroom and um, finding that yellow star? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because um, yeah. for everyone who's listening, I mean, yeah, I, I, I had to look for those little pieces of hope. And it wasn't even looking. It was just like believing so badly that things would be okay. It's almost like you want to find signs, right? Mm -hmm. You might not know what the outcome really will end up being. But in this kind of process of just going through this painful time, it's like those little things just really, really helped. Mm -hmm. Uh, The journaling, again, being open to having conversation and others giving me the space like for when I didn't want to talk and maybe I just wanted to cry being able to lean on a couple of people that you trust mm-hmm. really important I mean for me during the divorce and I'll be open about this I didn't really initially handle it well um, in terms of my kind of therapeutic ways to handle it I would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. Um, I took to drinking more Mm-hmm. You know, and I wasn't a big drinker at that time, but I found comfort with like becoming a wine drinker and like learning mm-hmm. all about wine. And it's like mm-hmm. not that that's a bad thing, but it really wasn't me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I know that for those that kind of have come to me after I I went through that and asked me the same question, like how did how what would you tell me to do? And I would say, you know, something against you know, coping with a glass of wine here and there and all that. But it's really about, you know, finding those things like just sitting in the sun for 10 minutes. It's like, it doesn't solve your problem. Mm -hmm. There's something truly therapeutic about these little things that can really over time build into bigger practice. You know, when I started journaling more intensely um, during the divorce, It wasn't like, um, you know, it it led into other things is what my point. Like it led into a practice of meditation, of of really gratitude, of bringing more spirituality. These are the tools that really can help us through any 
adversity. Right. In life, we're going to go through a lot of things. I mean, we're all at the age where, knock on wood, like our parents are, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's going to be this, this time where even if you've gone to, gotten to the age of like 40, like me, and like you haven't felt any pain yet, it will happen. Yep. It'll happen. It's a phase. It'll happen. And it's like, I don't have the right answer, Thajal, necessarily. But what I will say is that what I've learned is that there are some really good small little practices that you can incorporate because we're going to, we're humans. And part of the human, you know, experience is to have the joy and have the pain. And really without the pain, you can't really appreciate the joy. Yes. I'm glad. I'm so glad that you said that because we focus on love and the beauty and happiness and joy. Like I feel like as humans, that's what our prime focus is. But if you love deeply, loss is just a natural expression that's naturally going to happen. And I feel like any person who's like a pet owner will understand this. Like I love this analogy because I've had birds my entire life. And I've had, you know, my first one was when I was five and passed away when I was 14. And I learned this really young because when I just when I got another bird in my 20s, it's the same idea is that like any person who has a pet, you are you are making the vow to unconditionally love something, someone for a period of time, but you know that there's going to be grief because you're, you're going to outlive your pet there at some point down the road that, that's, and that's defined that you will outlive most likely your pet and there's going to be grief. And so when you share like when it feels like it's not natural, right? The order of death, like you said, like why is the death of a child or a loss of a child, the most excruciating pain, because it feels like it's out of it's not that's not the order of how life functions. There's something that's just like you can't ever wrap your mind around why that happened because that's not what when we think of life, that's not what the trajectory of life should be. And you you're right, but life is just, you know, there's some things that we don't have explanations for, but it's your spirituality, it's these signs, it's these moments of hope that will carry us through the next moment. And the next day, and and it is, it's a moment to moment thing. So I'm glad that you elicited that because anybody who may be currently going through a phase of that darkness, like you said, right? Like that, the lower phase, there will, to get to the light, it's about processing the emotions. And, and I'm really glad that you actually did mention the thing about alcohol, because whether we believe it or not, that is like, it's great to have a glass of wine and be aware of using wine is like, is it something that's going to enhance already our happiness that we're feeling? Or is it something that whether we consciously know it or not is like, okay, I need it as a relief or something to take me away from my current life or what I'm dealing with. I can't cope. And I think it's just, again, not good or bad. It's just being aware of what's the intention behind the use and the consumption of it. I I think about that all the time because, you know, especially during COVID, there's been a lot of like, you know, uptick on the wine consumed, even with friends that like never drink. I feel like, you know, early on, people were like getting together for happy hours and doing all that. And I myself definitely was part of that. And I don't don't have any judgment against any of that. But I will say that it's such a temporary uh you know, think, right? It is mm-hmm. it, not, I had, I learned the hard way. And so when I, you know, and it's not like I got into a deep, dark 
problem with it necessarily. But I think if I hadn't recognized it or even my parents or my family, then it could have led me down a path where it wouldn't have maybe been as pretty because it, it did feel good to not think about it. Yes. It did feel good to just not, I mean, it didn't feel good the next morning a lot of times. <laughs> But it desensitizes you in the moment, right? Because you're not feeling that intensity of those emotions of whatever it is that we was hard to deal with. And it was hard because even though I had friends that were supportive, you know, um, like I mentioned, you know, a lot of them were pregnant or had little children at this point. And I felt like I was so lost when I'm talking about the divorce, right? Like I, I just didn't relate anymore and I didn't want to be around all of the things that reminded me of what I didn't have anymore, you right. know, and the idea of trying to like being a mother has been one of my, like when people ask me what I wanted to be a long time ago, you know, as a child, yeah, you know, answers were mother or teacher. That mother was mine too. <laughs> that was mine too. And, I mean, it, it totally makes sense for you too. Like, I feel like we're so similar in so many ways with that, but like I, and so I felt like that was just, ripped away as a third world, you know, and back then, especially it was like, I don't know. I didn't know anything about IVF. Yeah. I didn't know anything about becoming a mother. I didn't know that I would struggle with it. Um, and I just thought it, it was over, you know, like it really was over. I, I kept thinking, how am I going to start over and make this a dream of mine, this dream come true. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom one day, you know, we were in my childhood bedroom in Virginia. I had moved back in with them and I was just sitting on my bed and my mom comes in. She's like, well, you know, she's like, what's going on? And, you know, and she knew it's, it's, it's it was a tough time. Right. And I was like, I'm never going to have kids. And she held my shoulders and she's like, why do you say that? And I'm like, well, I don't want to get married again. Like, I don't want to go through this. I don't believe in any of this anymore. And I'm sure in her wisdom, she knew that I'll come around. And if it's meant to be, and if I want that, I will perhaps have it. But mm-hmm. she also knew probably that that will not be the only thing that will make me happy either. Just to yeah. married, right? But she said, if you want a baby, we will have one together. Oh my gosh. And I said, you know, and I'm just like, what? And she's like, we will, dad and I, we will help you raise a child and take that worry off your shoulders right now. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I mean, I am lucky in that I had support. My parents were never ashamed. Like, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what is, the Samaj, right? Like our mm-hmm. yeah. happy world going to you know. Um, I had married a South Indian man the first time, and I know some of my family was not in support of that, you know. Um, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm I'm just the the embarrassment to the family. At that time, I was pretty much the first divorce, you know. Mm-hmm. I was the first divorce from my recollection, but anyway, and wasn't common basically in my right. Family. Of course. And I just remember, and and they were just like, you let us handle that. And even if someone has a problem with it, that's their problem. That's not our worry. And I know that that is not the story or the case for a lot of of Indian or South Asian women. I know Mm -hmm. 
a lot that I have talked to over the years, they have not felt that support from their own parents. Yeah. That pains me. And I, I feel so bad for almost like I feel guilty for having had so much support from mine. Um, it's weird, right? Um, but one thing I do feel like has been instrumental in my healing too is that I, from an early age with these different things that have happened, what I would say is that therapy, mm-hmm. therapy has been a big part of my life. And um, even on Chai Mamas over the years, we've talked about it, all of us as a team, um, yeah. there's several of us that have been through it and continue to seek therapy. Um, I am still in therapy and I will probably never let go. I have Again, all these other tools that I have incorporated and work, and I always talk about that with anybody that's going through anything. Again, finding what feels good to you, knowing that there's not one solution, one thing that's magical that's just going to make all of this disappear. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a process and it is work. But I think therapy is, is a good, good tool. That, that has so much negativity associated with it that we just cannot stop talking about it enough to destigmatize and to change the narrative and to continually bring that up in every conversation mm-hmm. that it can really be an effective way to really help. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm a big believer in therapy as well. And, you know, I did a episode with Arshna because I think it's so important, especially for South Asian women to understand what therapy really is, how it can be beneficial. There's a journey that you can go with, with yourself to use all these internal tools to go within. But I think there is something to be said to be able to have that professional neutral, to be able to highlight and give support in a different way that you might not necessarily get from your loved ones and your friends and your family. It's just a completely different support. And I, so I'm glad that you shared that because I think people do need to hear that um, therapy is not something to be scared or frowned upon or be like, it's a negative. And I think we are starting as more women are talking about it, more women are sharing. Yes, I've been in therapy. I am in therapy. It helps. I think we are doing that. And I definitely listen to that episode because Archana does an amazing job of sharing like different places of finding the right therapist. And it was such a good and informative um, conversation. But I really do also believe that therapy has a place, even with all these other healing modalities that we are, you know, like me and you, we're all into the energy and the spirituality and all that stuff. But there is something to be said that you can blend that with science as well. Yes. And I want to, I want to hit up on one thing that you mentioned too, is that, you know, even though I have super supportive parents, even though I have a wonderful family and a, a really tight group of friends, um, there was nothing anybody could have told me when I lost my child that could have helped. Like, honestly, it was almost like I didn't want to hear anything. You know what I mean? Like I, there, it, it was just so hard that, you know, I don't know that even my husband, like there was nothing anyone could say. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it just, and, and, and people tried and sometimes it would, I'll be honest, it would, it would make me sad or it pissed me off because it would, and I knew it came from a good place. 
Yes, of course. He knows what to say, like, you know, or do. And I, I don't know that I was even expecting anyone to say or do anything. Maybe part of me was like, I just wanted it to go away, you know, like, and I even having gone through some major things, again, you get to this place where you're good, and then you're suddenly not good, right? Yeah. One day, and then you're not. And yeah. now you've got this very scary thing happening, you know, and, um, and, and so, again, it was like, in the NICU, there was a support group and, and just aligning yourself with people or surrounding yourself with people that are going through or have gone through something similar, you know, that really helps. And then that led me to find my therapist at that time for herself had had, I told you this too, that had, had a premature um, birth as well and had come out of it and um, had come out with a loss and a surviving twin. So it, it was like, I also would say to people, you know, really seek out the people that, because it's not going to be your family and your friends. Like, they may not know what to say. And um, some things may come out across hurtful. Some things may be hurtful. Like they're just like, get over it kind of thing. I heard that from one of my friends at the time. And I was like, what? Kind of not say goodbye forever, but, you know, just kind of really curate what you need to be around to kind of get through those times too. Does that make sense? Like to remove that person from my life at that time, because I was like, in, in maybe trying to help me, this is not really helping me. We also have to remember that holding space for others in pain is a really, really challenging thing to do, right? For not that they're not empathetic, it's just hard to hold space for someone who's being able, who's going through something difficult if we haven't done that for ourselves or we haven't learned how to do that. Because I think I do believe it's a learned skill (laughs) to to be able to, to be able to truly have empathy and to be able to hold the space of someone who's like going through pain without trying to fix them or change them or make it go away or say something to make them feel happy again. It's really, really hard. Well, it's hard. And, and, and the person that's, you know, kind of kind of coming to you with that, like, okay, you know, move on mentality. Maybe just want you to be better most of the time. Yes. Want you yeah. to be back to your old self or find joy again. And it comes from a good place. But what I would say to the person that's in the suffering or in the painful moment is that, honor what feels good to you and and don't you don't have to be mean about like cutting them off forever or anything like that but I think it's really holding space for yourself too right mm-hmm. really honoring what you may need and that may change that may change day to day week to week month to month but it's it's like I had to do some of that and I don't really have regrets about it because I do think it was part of what I needed to kind of get to the part or the point where I felt light again. Good. Yeah. yeah. But there is not one magic formula. It's a culmination of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that on the other side of the tragedy or the really painful moments, if you do some of these things, you do come out being able to extend your stories over time share your journey to where you're able to, you know, find not a purpose, but like meaning to your loss. Mm -hmm. I I don't know why anyone 
why any higher being would give pain like losing a child or you know something crazy like that loss in general but like losing a child is really hard you know it's like yes. the top things people say you know right so like, when I would think about it I'm like why would God give this to me right like why you know? but but I have found meaning in my loss I have and it doesn't mean that it it will ever be a day where I don't think about my baby you know there's not one day but I know there's a gift in it and I know everyone can get to that point. I believe in that. Beautifully said. And I I think one of the things that you mentioned too, you know, some of us may not feel like as they have the supportive systems in their in place, like that you were blessed with. But I think that's what the mission and the heart and the soul behind all the women behind Chai Mamas and now the happy her Chai Mamas. That's what your vision is about is to bring that sisterhood to bring that support to be able to feel like you can share your story. And like you said, right, the healing that comes from one person sharing to the other person receiving and vice versa. So I'd love for you because this is a relatively new blend of the Chai Mamas and Happy Her. Just share a little bit about what your vision is. And it's so exciting. You guys are all I love all of you ladies. So it just seems like such a natural fit for all you guys to come together. You know, I, I think one of the things that is a highlight of the pandemic is that we were able to come together with another group of like-minded, heart-centered um, women that really had the same mission. Um, mm-hmm. It did not make sense to run, you know, parallel, even though we would have supported each other and, and uplifted each other singularly, but together we just realized we were just better and, and we could do more. And so we did come together as Chai Mama's Happy Her. And we have some more kind of evolving or evolution to that that's coming soon. But um, we really just are inspired to create and continue to create, right? So we have a great community, but to continue to build on that, um, it's really just, you know, the idea of coming together in the name of of connection, of sisterhood, of um, sharing our stories in a safe place, um, really bringing to light just that, you know, we don't have, and we do, actually, we do have quite a few South Asian sort of specific, um, you know, communities now, but guess what? There can be more. And you know what? We, we really haven't had enough of that. And so we're just amplifying each other's stories. We're here to support you and so many other women that are doing amazing things, creating wonderful offerings that just are really meant to, um, you know, inspire positive, culturally infused, healthy lifestyle. I mean, that's really what we're here for. Um, and we are working on a book project that you are aware of. And so we are taking, um, actually, no, we're done with submissions as of yesterday. So we have a really good group of um, stories that has been submitted for our first book in that series. It will be um, the motherhood um, book. Um, but we are already in the works of creating some more um, topic related books or topic kind of um, by subject, basically. So again, the first one's on motherhood. Um, We are working on um, virtual events 
We have a monthly book club. So our next one on December 19th, and we will continue those. And Sejal, you've been a, a part of some and actually inspired um, the first one that Happy Her did. Um, and so I just, I feel like there's just so many opportunities. Um, we align with charity and everything we do. So you know that we're, we're just, we're just here for all of you. We are really here to uplift our South Asian women. Everyone's welcome, but mm -hmm. we wanted to hyper-focus on, um, this community because we just feel like we need it and we have so much goodness and we're here to, to do our part in sharing all of that. Oh, I love it. And what I one thing that I want to highlight, because you guys do highlight that it's not just for moms, you could be doesn't matter what age you are. And doesn't matter, like, you don't have to be a mom. Like, that's the whole inclusion aspect of what you guys are looking to do, which I love. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. And again, we have some we have some things we're about to share soon. But um, we will have more clarity on that. because I know we've gotten a lot of questions in the past book club only for moms and we're like yeah. no no it's for everyone <laughs> like we're even to the point where you haven't read the book still come because guess what we're talking about the topics in the book but they all relate to all women you know i mean anybody so we're just here you know the more the merrier it's a true sisterhood we're mm -hmm. all doing the best we can i think um less judgment more connection that's what we're here for yes Thank you I, to all you ladies, even though Shredda's here. Thank you to all the ladies behind Chai, Ma Chai Mamas and Happy Hair because I know I've connected with many of you. I think there might be one or two I haven't connected with, but most of the women that I've connected with, you guys are all like aligned in the same way. And I just am so grateful that there's something like this out there and you guys are creating it and you guys are holding space for us. And I just love it. I'm lo I love everything that you guys are all about. So hopefully one day we can all be on together with you. We'd love that. And we we simply adore everything that you stand for and all the wonderful wisdom that you share in our community every single day. You know our, your book is a hit in our all of our homes, um, meditation for kids. And I mean, we simply cannot get enough of you too. So well, thank you so much. That means so much to me. And for anyone who's listening, I mean, I would be I'm very doubtful if you guys don't follow Chai Mama's Happy Her, but I'll let Shredda tell, tell them the handle. So just in case if someone is not following you, they know where to follow you guys. Sure. So we are um, at Chai Mama's Times, it's the X, um, Happy Her. Um, and I don't know that I'm fully allowed to say this, but I'm going to, and I, I'm just going to make an executive decision right now. Um, we are soon going to have a different handle, kind of going back to the Chai Mamas, and we are also going to have another handle called Chai Girls. And so we wanted to, um, I know it's, you're the first hearing this. Yay! <laughs> decision to do it because it's happening very soon, and by the time this comes out, I just want to make sure that it's that it's there, all of the handles. But you will all see this happen, um, in it, and you will understand why once we um, fully launch. But again, it's all about being inclusive, community, and we felt like it deserved to be done this way after a lot of thought. And um, we're just so excited for the future because it's going to be good. You guys, it's going it to be is. It is. So good. So it's going to be even, even better. So 
I know there's a lot of moving pieces that are happening. Like whenever I talk to Zabina, there's like there, you guys are doing a lot, lot, lot. So I know that there's a lot of great things that are coming out that you guys are going to be launching and sharing. So we are sitting at the edge of our seats waiting for all the goodness. <laughs> if anyone ever wants to reach out to connect with us, um, DMs are great, but things get lost. So I want to also say hello at chimamas.com. Um, we check that and we're on top of that account. So if you ever want to reach out with, you know, anything, anything, literally anything, we're here for it. We are, we answer each and every one of those. So thank you so much. This was so lovely. I mean, I could talk to you for hours and hours, you know, how much I love you and I learned so much from you. And every time I have a conversation with you, I feel like I fall more and more in love with you. Um, right back at you honestly this is a fest and you know i could talk to you for hours so hopefully we can do this again and so much sejal of course thanks everyone for listening and um till next week bye guys if you've been loving the time and talks podcast and you find value from it i would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at apple podcast and when you do i love to gift you my seven day stress detox course all you gotta do is screenshot your review before you submit it email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com and when you do i'll inbox you the details of the course this course has my go-to tools anytime i feel impatient angry fresh and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Target, IndieBound, BAM. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.